Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 510 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers coming off of a very impressive 4-1 to road victory against the Anaheim Ducks once again, as they've done all season, bouncing back from a, a tough defeat against the Vegas Golden Knights, responding in the following game. And also, uh, the Rangers now 10-0-1 when entering the third period tied, which is just an incredibly impressive and, and an incredibly encouraging stat by this New York Ranger team. And today, we are going to be doing a special crossover edition with Sarah Evampato of Locked On Los Angeles Kings. I talk about that very stat during the crossover, as well as a couple of other things, uh, just kind of breaking down everything going on with the Rangers and the Kings. Both teams are hot coming into this matchup, this Monday night matchup. So yeah, we pretty much dive into all things Rangers and Kings. Enjoy. All right, so welcome back Ranger fans and Kings fans. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined by Sarah Evampato of Locked On Kings. Sarah, how are we doing today? Not too bad. I'm excited to see what happens in this one. Yeah, me too. You know, obviously it's a rematch from the 2014 finals. And as we were just talking about before we uh, hit record here, both of our teams coming off of very impressive wins. The Rangers uh, going into Anaheim, dominating the third period, posting a 4-1 to win. And of course, the Kings uh, blanking the Red Wings last night, beating them 4 to nothing. Uh, what are you seeing from the Kings lately? Because obviously they've been playing pretty well and uh, the way things stand right now, looking like kind of a fringe playoff team out there in the Western Conference. Yeah, the, it's 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 always interesting because games with the Kings are kind of a tale of two Kings, essentially, because they'll have games where they just come out and they look like they have never met each other before and never played hockey before. And you're wondering, like, what what's happening? Like, why, why are you doing this to us? Uh, but then, you know, you'll have more complete efforts like we saw against the Red Wings where they won uh, 4 nothing, 5 nothing, maybe. They were, uh, whatever. They won. It was really good. Um, <laughs> yeah. They had a really good game against uh, the Flyers the other day uh, where, you know, you're actually seeing them ready from puck drop and actually competing hard the whole time. And you, know, you get consistency with the lines and everything uh, instead of trying to change stuff up. So, you know, we've been seeing when they're at their best, like this in this game against Detroit, uh, they are a team that is playing the game the right way, and they're looking like a dangerous team. And I'm hoping that that's the team we see uh, against the Rangers tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And for the Rangers, you know, last night they were also in action. They go into Anaheim. They're 1-1 going into the third period, and they end up winning the game uh, 4-1. to And, uh, you know, crazy third period because – Goals from the Rangers came from Jared Tenorti, who was usually a healthy scratch. That's probably the only goal he'll get all season. But good for him. You know, it was, it was cool to see. And then uh, Ryan Lindgren ends up getting two goals, including the empty netter, to, to kind of seal the deal there. But uh, it also kind of just continued this trend, a, a very positive thing that I've noticed about the Rangers this season. Well, two things, actually. For starters, they tend to really bounce back after a disappointing loss. You know, they played Vegas the game before, and, you know, they were 1-1 in the second period, and then the game just kind of got away from them. And, you know, it happens from time to time. You play 82 games. Uh, sooner or later, that's going to happen, especially when you've got a young team like the Rangers. But uh, they lose that game 5-1, to uh, and they, they bounce back with a win against Anaheim. But also, uh, the Rangers now 10-0-1 when tied going into the third period. And you hear a stat like that, it really jumps off the page, and it really makes you think, like, wow, this is a team – that knows how to get it done in crunch times. The Rangers are really in their element when uh, when that's the case this season, when they're tied going into the third. 
Yeah, I feel like looking at the thing that I feel like has most surprised me about the Rangers has been kind of the the big jump that they've really taken from last season to this season. Uh, you know, don't know that I realized that they were one of the top teams in the league until I was kind of getting ready for, you know, for this conversation and looking at where the Rangers are. And here they are sitting amongst, you know, teams that everyone sort of pegged as, you know, playoff favorites, if not Stanley Cup favorites. Uh, and, and there's the Rangers. So what what is driving this? Is it kind of the young players? Is it the veterans stepping up? Uh, how, how did this happen? Because I was a little surprised. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of everything. I, I would say that, uh, you know, obviously the Rangers have been in this massive teardown rebuild phase over the past couple of seasons here. And uh, I think this season is a reminder that when you rebuild, it doesn't always go like in uh, even increments every single season. Sometimes you can get to a point where, you know, they don't just move up a little bit. They, they take a huge jump forward, you know, wh- whichever team is, you know, coming out of a rebuild. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing with the Rangers. But as far as, you know, what's the driving force behind it, I mean, I can't go a second longer without mentioning Igor Shesterkin. Now, he is on the COVID protocol list, and Alex Georgiev has done a fantastic job in his, uh, in his absence. But early in the season, you know, the Rangers, they got a new coaching staff. They got some new faces, new line combinations, and what have you. Uh, so... It really came down to Igor Shesterkin just stealing game after game after game. I mean, he was absolutely ridiculous. If you look at the first, like, three weeks, maybe even the first month of the season, forget about the Vezda. I think you could make a candidate that Igor was maybe the MVP of the league. I mean, he was that good, and the Rangers the Rangers were winning games that they just had no business winning. So he really picked them up earlier in the season. And, I, you know, I, I think, you know, since then, the rest of the team has kind of caught up. Uh, guys are getting used to playing with each other. That chemistry is there. Uh, Chris Kreider, you know, I never thought that we would see a season where he really put all the pieces together like he has. Now, don't get me wrong. Kreider's been a very, very good player for the Rangers. One of my favorites over the years. Uh, the longest tenure player on the New York Rangers. But he's 30 years old. And I just figured at this point, like, we're just going to have to get used to Chris Kreider being that guy who's really hot and cold. You know, it's not going to change. He's a very streaky player. But this year, I mean, the guy's been unbelievable. He comes to play every single night, uh, having a career best season at the age of 30. So that's really cool as well. I mean, as far as like the defenseman, I would take the Ranger, you know, their top four defensemen against maybe any other quartet in the NHL. I mean, Fox, we all know about on Fox is you know, what he does speaks for itself. Ryan Lindgren, very underrated defenseman, I I think, around the league. I don't think people realize how good he is, just kind of like an old-school throwback. Uh, Jacob Truba's done a fantastic job, and uh, Keandre Miller, he had a little bit of a hiccup last night. It actually led to a goal for the Ducks, but I think he's had a great season as well. So it really is a little bit of everything, and then, of course, you know, you've got guys like Panarin and Zabanajad. You know what you're going to get from them, so so they've been great. Uh, How about the Kings? Because, you know, they've been down a little bit, excuse me, over these last couple of seasons, but again, kind of like a fringe playoff team right now. Uh, what, what's kind of been there, the, the driving force behind them, you know, having a little bit of a resurgence this season? Uh, so one of the things is a player that I think a lot of Kings fans, sort of like you were saying with Chris Kreider of how you just were like, well, he is what he is. We're, we've just accepted this. There's going to be times where he's frustrating. There's going to be times where he's great. Uh, the Kings have Adrian Kempe, who right now is playing up on the top line. He actually leads the team in goals. He has 15 goals this season, uh, which is, you know, usually Andre Kopitar leads the team in every possible, you know, category. But this year, Adrian Kempe is leading the team in goals. And it's actually, you know, his career high in goals was 16 set back in his rookie season. 
So, you know, we're not even halfway through the season and he is on pace to blow that out of the water. Uh, but he is a player who similarly has always been, you know, really hot and cold. He'll score a bunch of goals all at once and then go dry for the next 15 games. Uh, and instead, he has actually been, you know, really helping to drive play. He's been getting really good opportunities at the net and he's actually been capitalizing on them. Uh, and his shooting percentage isn't too much off of where it usually is. So this isn't like a, you know, you always see that one guy who scores a bunch of goals and then you're like, oh, you shot at 30% this year for some reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So he, he's, he's been really important for the Kings this year, which is strange for fans because every year they're ready to trade him at the deadline uh, to, to move on from him. But I think this is a contract year for him. Uh, so not surprised, but uh, he's been really, really helpful for this team. Uh, in in scoring because that's not uh, not always their strength um, and I mean another huge thing for the Kings that can't really be overstated is Jonathan Quick looking like you know 2012 2014 Jonathan Quick um, yeah don't know why uh, I, I know that he had an off season surgery that addressed some like I think shoulder issues or something but you know the the team has been you know subtly ready to move on from him. His contract is winding down. They signed Cal Peterson to a nice deal for uh, the next several years. And then, you know, Peterson put together a really good performance against Detroit. And I'm hoping that that kind of gets him back on track, but he's had a rough season this, this, uh, this season so far and quick stepping up and putting together, not just, you know, some of his best numbers, but honestly, some of the best numbers in the league for goaltenders has been a big driving force behind keeping this team in in the hunt for a playoff spot i know when i went to sleep last night they were in a wild card spot so you know knock on wood that it stays that way but uh jonathan quick has been really big for this team uh which i think poses a, a big question for the kings in the future of well now what do we do uh if peterson doesn't bounce back but uh he he's been really huge this year just want to take a minute to let everyone know that today's episode of locked on new york rangers is brought to you by built bar it's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new, limited-time flavors, so check Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Yeah, I, I got to say, you know, I looked up quick stats, uh, you know, a little bit earlier today before we started recording here, and I was surprised. I mean, for starters, I was kind of surprised that he fell off the way that he did. I, I mean, I know goalies, you know, they, they can't be elite forever, but, you know, he is just, I think he just turned 35, and it was just surprising to see, you know, a guy who was, uh, you know, maybe the best goalie in hockey uh, just mm -hmm. basically fall off a cliff. But now, uh, you know, he's kind of turned back the clock, like you were saying a little bit this season, and uh, just having a great season. But, uh 
You know, one thing I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned the trade deadline real quick there and how, you know, a lot of Kings fans are always looking for them to deal Kempe near the deadline. What do you think the Kings approach will be at the deadline this season? Because, you know, again, you can kind of get caught in between a little bit here. Some of these teams that are kind of like fringe playoff teams. I mean, do the Kings buy? Do they try to give this core group of players, you know, one more chance to make a playoff run? Or could you see some guys being sold or do they just kind of stand pat? I mean, any kind of inkling as far as uh, what they might do at the deadline this season? My guess is that if things continue the way they are, that they're probably just going to either stand pat or make kind of minor deals. Uh, you know, okay. every so often you see those guys who are, you know, third, fourth liners getting moved at the deadline because someone wants some more grit or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think if things, if, if they get into a more solid playoff spot, uh, you know, they've been sort of bouncing in and out of that wild card spot lately. Uh, so if, if they get it more solidified, I could see them maybe making a small addition. I, I don't think they're ready quite yet to, you know, throw the farm at, at, at getting someone big to come in. But I, I think that the talent is there. And now it's sort of at the point where it's like, you hope they make the playoffs just to give these young players the experience of the playoffs to give them that drive for the next year. Uh, but, you know, the team if you look back at those rosters from 2012, 2014, the only players who are left, Anja Kopitar, Dustin Brown, Drew Doughty, Jonathan Quick, and none of those guys are going anywhere. Um, Brown, I think, is at the end of his contract, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with him, but I, I, I doubt that he gets moved unless he wants to be moved at the deadline. Um, you know, Kopitar obviously not going anywhere. Doughty is here forever, uh, so it, it would be more kind of those young like spare parts essentially, which sounds mean, but you know, Andreas Athanasiu, he's hurt right now. So not a great example, but he's not the future of this team. But if the Kings aren't in a position where they're going to be making meaningful hockey at the end of the year, another team might be interested in picking up a speedy young forward. And then that opens up a roster spot for the Kings for the future. But I don't see them being big players unless something really wild happens down the stretch. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of times it depends on how the market kind of shakes out. You know, is this going to be a buyer's mm -hmm. market or a, a seller's market this season? And, you know, how much does it take to get? I mean, that's always going to be a question is how much do you have to give up to get such and such a player. But, you know, with the Rangers and where they are in the standings, um, you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, Sarah, that they are maybe like a little bit ahead of schedule, quote unquote, and, you know, surprising some people this season. And certainly it looks like they're going to be set up to be, uh, you know, contenders both in the short term and in the long term. But, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, too. You never know. I mean, yeah, it mm -hmm. looks like the Rangers are going in the right direction and that they should be, uh, you know, able to be uh, a top team uh, for several seasons going forward. But you never know when you're going to catch lightning in a bottle the way that they have this season. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm really hoping going into the deadline that they're kind of bold and, you know, they might add, you know, a right winger. They've had on the second line kind of a revolving door at the uh, right wing spot over the years. I mean, guys have just kind of been shuffled in and out of there and, uh, I'd like to see a sniper, you know, added to that line in the trade deadline because, I mean, the passes that he would get from Panarin and Ryan Strom, I mean, if you put a sniper mm -hmm. on the right wing, that'd be unbelievable. That, that'd be great to see. Uh, maybe a defenseman for a little bit of depth there, too. But I'm really hoping the Rangers, uh, you know, at least make a move or two, a pretty significant move or two to make this team better because, I mean, you know other teams around the league are going to be looking to do that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of hope they go all in. I mean, don't overdo it and trade the entire farm, but... When you're mm -hmm. having a season like this, I, I think you owe it to yourself to uh, to be aggressive come trade deadline time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do want to ask you about a player that we, we touched on kind of briefly, and that's Adam Fox. And he, you know, obviously 
one of, if not the best defenseman in the league, depending on who you ask. Uh, but it, it's it's been interesting catching up with him because, you know, obviously last season, these two teams didn't meet. Uh, and, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. So, you know, didn't get to see Adam Fox quite as much as I wanted. And then suddenly here he is, you know, Norris caliber defenseman. And everyone's like, where did this guy come from? Uh, so I, I imagine that there's other Kings fans in sort of the same uh, same bubble of I know this guy's name, but what makes him so special? Uh, so that that is my question: is what what exactly makes Adam Fox so great? He is just the total package. I mean, he's somebody who is a great two way defenseman. I mean, this is for you know Kings fans who maybe haven't gotten a chance to see him play. I'll, I'll kind of just take it from the top here. And for starters, I mean, the Rangers absolutely stole this guy from the Carolina Hurricanes, just giving mm-hmm. up two second round draft picks to bring him in. Um, but you know, he's not necessarily a defenseman that's going to go out there and knock your head off. He's not really known for these bone-jarring hits or anything like that. But he just doesn't get beat. He never gets caught out of position. Uh, spends just a ton of time on both the power play as well as the penalty kill. Uh, his hockey IQ and his vision on the ice are second to none. Uh, some of the passes that this guy makes, I think you or me might be able to score on some of the passes that, you know, he makes to his <laughs> teammates. I mean, he's just, he does it all, you know. And, and it's funny because... This offseason, the Rangers, you know, they wanted to, uh, well, first of all, let me back up just a second here. Uh, He's obviously in the race for the Norris Trophy last season, and it's kind of a three-man race between him and McCarr and Hedman. And as a Ranger fan, you know, I'm coming on my show, and I'm campaigning for him, and this is why he should be the Norris, and this, that, and the other thing. And then he wins the Norris, and obviously I'm happy for him, but then it's like, oh, boy, he just won the Norris. Like, he's going to he's gonna need a really big contract here, you know, because he can now make the claim that he's the best defenseman in the league. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's crazy, you know, th- they signed him to an eight-year extension, and it's at, I believe, nine and a half million dollars a season, and it sounds like a lot, and it is a lot, but at the same time, this dude's 23 years old. He's only going to be 31 when that contract runs out, and imagine how much better he can get between now and then. So uh, as far as long-term, eight-year, nine and a half million dollars per season deals are concerned, I don't think it gets any safer than that, than, than, than this one specifically, because he's already at just a tremendously elite level, and... uh it's just a pleasure to watch him play hockey every single night. I mean, it gets to the point where you almost start to take him for granted just a little bit. Um, but, man, I mean, I just – he's been unbelievable. Best defenseman I've, that the Rangers have had since Brian Leach, no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see him. I, I feel like I want to watch Rangers games where they're not playing the Kings so I can appreciate him instead of being probably irritated. Just wanted to take a minute to let everyone know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, just wanted to thank everyone for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. You guys, uh, the Kings do have a couple of former New York Rangers who I want to ask you about as well. And I think, Sarah, we, we did a couple of crossover episodes when these these deals were struck. Uh, you know, two separate deals, one in which Brandon Lemieux goes to the Kings, 
one in which Leas Anderson goes to the Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can start with Lemieux. I, I saw he's got seven goals and an assist this season. Uh, minus the unfortunate biting incident that he had earlier this season. Uh, how, how has he done with the Kings so far this, this year and, and even last year as well? You know, this year he like last year I I will say I wasn't particularly impressed last year uh, to the point where I was like you know if Seattle took him I wouldn't be too upset you know uh, but this year he is pun not intended making me eat my words a little bit um, <laughs> you know he his line uh, he kind of the third fourth line depending on how you look at it uh, it's him Blake Lazat who's kind of a you know smaller but like very energetic center and uh, Arthur Kaliev have been playing most of the time together. And they have been one of the most effective lines for the Kings. Uh, you know, looking at their points totals, you might not necessarily uh, suspect that, but, you know, they're keeping the puck in the zone. They're creating chances. They're creating havoc. Uh, and when Lemieux is playing on the right side of the line, a.k.a. not biting people, uh, he has been doing exactly what the Kings brought him in there to do, is stand up for his teammates and be a pest and be irritating and all that stuff. Um, he, he's, he's doing what he's getting paid to do there. Uh, and the goals I feel like are just sort of an added bonus. So uh, I, I, you know, didn't love the trade. I still think that it'd be nicer to see one of the Kings prospects stepping up and filling that role. But at the end of the day, he's scored seven goals and the Kings yeah. have always had a, a problem with depth scoring. And he at least, is doing that. And of course, you know, when the whole biting thing happened, I know that he's a guy that rumors have always followed him of, you know, maybe not the best liked guy in the room or everything. So of course the Kings all stand up to defend him whenever all that stuff starts coming out. So you never know uh, how, how he really is fitting in there. No teammate, I guess, unless you're a teammate of Evander Kane's probably is going to, yeah, you know, speak up and be like, yeah, no, my teammate really is, like not a great guy but you know they all seem to like him he seems to be having a lot of fun so uh, good job I guess uh Leas Anderson has been in and out of the lineup he's been hurt a lot I feel like he gets in the lineup and then he gets hurt and then he's back out of the lineup um he you know I, I think that last season was it's sort of they've sort of flip-flopped because last season I think was better for Anderson uh, he really generated a lot of chemistry with his line mates and their line was pretty good uh, but because he's been in and out of the lineup so much, I think it's been a lot harder for him to develop a rhythm. And of course, now that he isn't waivers exempt, uh, you know, they're not going to want to send him to Ontario to get him in games because they're not really, really going to want want to risk losing him. But I think he's been good in flashes, uh, but just hasn't really been able to get the consistent minutes that I think he would need to really be more established on the team. Yeah, it's crazy with Lemieux. I mean, I, I've read those rumors, too, that maybe he's not necessarily the most liked uh, you know, player in the locker room among his teammates. But, you know, to your point, Sarah, nobody, unless your teammates with Evander Kane, is going to throw their own guy under the bus. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, the way you describe him, that's kind of his M.O. when he was on the Rangers. You know, he would stand up for teammates. He would mix it up. It seemed like he was always kind of in the middle of everything. And, uh, you know, a little, little bit of a big brother type to certain players on the Rangers. Mm-hmm. But, uh that's good to see that, you know, he's uh, he's contributed in a mostly positive way for the Kings this season. Um, you know, is there anybody on the Kings who maybe isn't, you know, really a household name, somebody that's kind of under the radar that Ranger fans uh, should keep their eye on in this game here between these two teams? Uh, so one person I'd say to keep an eye on is Sean Dursey. Uh, he is, uh, this is first season in the NHL. I made his debut a couple of games ago. He's a, a young defenseman. 
uh, you know, puck moving, creative defenseman. Uh, he has you know just seven points, seventeen games, but he is someone who I think, as he gets more comfortable in the league, uh, is going to be really fun to watch. Uh, but he has been making an impact and making a lot of really smart plays. Uh, the Kings don't have a ton of guys on the blue line outside of Drew Doughty, who sort of play with that more offensive-minded, creative flair. Uh, and he also is, for a guy pegged as an offensive defenseman, is also you know not afraid to make the big block and not afraid to get in there uh, in a little bit more of a defensive ca- uh, capacity. So I'd say keep an eye out for him. Um, and this guy is a little more of a household name if you had watched uh, you know the playoffs last season with Montreal. But Phil Deneau came yeah. in over the offseason in free agency, and he has been – uh, you know, people were like, oh, is this an overpay? You know, did we really need to pay, give him this contract? And the answer is yes, you did. Uh, he, he has been really good for the Kings. Um, I've, I've enjoyed watching him. Uh, I used to cover the Blackhawks and I covered them when he was a prospect there. So it feels a little weird to have everything come full circle because now he's back on the team that I cover now. But uh, he, you know, second line center, defensive minded, but he's still scoring goals. He has six goals this season, uh, which is you know, an added bonus, uh, but he's been a lot of fun and has taken some of the pressure off of Andre Kopitar in, in, in regards to, you know, Kopitar doesn't, doesn't have to be out there for every defensive draw and every play in the defensive zone uh, because now they have another strong center down the middle um, who can help do some of that. Yeah, for sure. It's funny you mentioned to know, because I can remember going into the off season this past year and uh, he was one of my, you know, favorite targets and free agency mm-hmm. as far as, uh, guys that the Rangers might look to bring in. Rangers were a little bit thin at center. Uh, to know, you know, kind of a good two-way center, a little bit of a defensive center. I mean, obviously he can score a little bit too, but uh, just a well-rounded player. Just one of those guys that's mm-hmm. kind of a, a B-plus at everything, so to speak. So uh, he was somebody that I was interested in. It's it's interesting to hear that, you know, he's he's done a nice job thus far with the Kings. Uh, as far as under-the-radar Rangers, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same deal here. It, it's not like people haven't heard of Barclay Goodrow. I think most people have at least know who he is, mm-hmm. and obviously – you know, his profile is raised playing on the, on the lightning the last couple of seasons, winning a couple of Stanley Cups. But, um, yeah, he's done a great job with the Rangers. You know, overall, he's, uh, you know, you bring him in, you want more toughness, you want more physicality. That's going to be uh, kind of his calling card. But recently, you can't keep this guy off the scoreboard. I mean, every single game, you know, he's getting a goal or, or an assist or something like that. And I looked this up today as well. And, you know, I know he's been uh, shipping in with some goals and some assists lately. He's actually fifth on the Rangers with 17 points, which is pretty wild to think about. I mean, I literally have the screen in front of me right here, and I'm, like, double-checking it to make sure that's right. But, uh, yeah, all of a sudden, Goodrow is an assist machine, and he's setting up his teammates. He's scoring some goals. I mean, a couple of his goals, he's got seven. I think at least two of them are empty netters. But even so, I mean, Goodrow's been a, a heck of a pickup for this team. And, uh, you know, obviously that was kind of their mission this offseason was to get tougher and more physical. And all of a sudden this guy's contributing offensively as well. So uh, I would say Goudreau is somebody to to watch. And he's actually now playing on the Rangers' second line. Uh, Artemi Panarin's out of the lineup, and you've got uh, Lafreniere, Strom, and, and Goudreau playing together. So kind of a makeshift second line. But, hey, it's clicking, so we'll take it. <laughs> That's, I mean, he's Kings fans are familiar with him from uh... – his time on the Sharks too. Uh, so yeah. that, that was a big signing because I feel like people were like, you know, you're giving this guy all this money and he's basically a fourth liner, but here he is. Uh, he's not. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he, he does all the little things, you know, it, it's stuff that doesn't always, uh, you know, show up in the score sheet, but uh, he does a heck of a job for the Rangers. But um, do you want to throw out a prediction? I mean, a final score, anybody to score a goal for the Kings, anything like that? Um. 
I, well, I think it would be really funny if Brendan Lemieux scored. So I'm going to go with that. I, I'm really big on uh, players scoring against their former teams. So yeah. I, I, I would like to manifest one of those. Um, I think this is going to be a tight one. I feel like it's a 3-2 game. Um, and I would toss a coin if I had one to see who I thought was going to win. But I'll, I'll give the edge to the Rangers just because they've been on a hot streak lately. But uh, also because it seems like every time I predict the Kings to win, they blow it. So I'm going to go with the Rangers winning. That feeling. I'll say the Rangers win four to two. And I have no doubt, you know, you said Lemieux might score. I get the feeling Leas Anderson's probably going to score just to make it as ridiculous as possible. Um, (laughs) This is a, this is a stat that's absolutely crazy, but the Rangers have played two games against the Vegas Golden Knights this season. Brett Howden, who was on the Rangers for three years, just didn't work out, was never the player that they thought that he was going to be. He has two goals and an assist two games against the Rangers. He actually, and he only got one goal for the Rangers last year, the entire season, and it was an empty netter. So he has scored more goals against the Rangers this season than he scored four season. So, yeah, I get That's the amazing. feeling, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll say Rangers four to two, but I, I would be shocked if uh, the way things have gone, if, if Lemieux or, or Leas Anderson doesn't get on the score sheet. That's just kind of the, the, the way it's gone for the Rangers this season when they play their yeah. former players. So, yeah, I could yeah. definitely and, see that and, happening. And- Anderson has yet to score a goal this season. He's only got one assist. Uh, yeah. you know, like I said, he's been in and out of the lineup. So I think that that would be even funnier. Yeah. Exactly. That, that just convinces me even more that, uh, that he's probably going to end up making it happen. But uh, yeah, I, I think the Rangers will, will pull out a four two win, maybe with like an empty netter at the end there. All right. And so once again, a big, big thanks to Sarah Evampato for teaming up for this special crossover edition Big thanks to you guys as well for tuning in to the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to be breaking down everything that happens between the Rangers and Kings. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.